The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. Even before you start start that was a preemptive sh- and enrique alvarez clary i already had someone created in my image he's evil he wants to take over the world and he fits easily into most overhead storage bins on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com Nick Sander, Rico, back with you here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Hizzlebear chimes in on the text line and says, Rico, blindfolding and plugging your ears won't get you much of a feel for the crowd. Yeah, it will. <laughs> you get, have you never been at a, like, not seeing anything? Not, you just have just, just a feeling. When you're at a sporting event, there's a feeling that, that just comes over your body. And also, you will still be able to hear, and unless you have noise-canceling headphones, okay. you'll still be able to hear the crowd a little bit. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, I also or got just sit backwards so you don't see the field. Don asks, Nick, are you calling any Northeast varsity games? We sure are. Uh, as of right now, we have it on October 12th, Kearney versus Lincoln Northeast. Love uh, it. That's the, one of the Northeast games that we're calling. All right, so... Let's let's transition to Husker uh, Husker news here. Uh, some some of the coaches met with the media earlier today. It was the offensive side of the ball's turn to go as, uh, as Marcus Satterfield and Garrett McGuire both spoke to the media. Nineteen days, seventeen days out from Nebraska kicking things off with Minnesota on the thirty first. Xavier Betts was uh, or it was announced on Saturday that Xavier Betts had decided to leave the team. And uh, here's what Marcus Satterfield had to say about the wide receivers' departure. Nope. He's talking about the depth of the wide receiver room, if I could get this right. There you right. go. We definitely need to build some depth in that room. You know, we got guys coming back off some injuries that will help us. I think it's a great opportunity. You know, it's a great opportunity for us to, to see what these young kids can do. we got some young wideouts that are very talented and explosive, and they're going to get a chance. Uh, you know, if they prove it in practice they can do it, they can do it in games. So they're going to get a chance early to show what they can do. So he, he was asked there you go. kind of not directly about Xavier Betts, but he never actually – mentioned Xavier yeah. Betts um, in his name uh, specifically, really, because he, he it seemed as if he was just trying to avoid that and just trying to pass it on to talking about the team as opposed to talking about one individual who had left. So which is kind of something that that Garrett McGuire mentioned later on uh, in the presser when asked. He, he just said that he wanted to talk about the guys who were on the team right now, because he said, with all respect to um, the one person who has left, um, he wants to talk about the guys on the team because he thinks that they've deserved to be talked about. Now, once again, just to kind of re recalibrate here with Xavier Betts, back in 2021, uh, he played in every game, uh, in all 12 games, I should say, in 2021, started five times and caught 20 passes for 286 yards. Uh, also added three carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. He ranked fourth on the team back in 2021 in receptions and receiving yards. Now, Marcus Satterfield kind of phrased that in a way of, all right, that gives a lot of opportunities for other guys. 
And and he has he mentioned even that some guys are coming off of injury. That's Marcus Washington probably is the one that he's talking to or talking about the most there. Washington hopefully gets back to practicing tomorrow or, or sometime this week. I would assume so. that I would assume that we're going to be able to go check out practice a little bit as we are on Tuesdays. Uh, tomorrow morning around 9 a.m. or so. So we'll see if Marcus Washington's out there. It's a rough break for Marcus coming back off it a is. broken hand and then getting hurt right away almost. So it, it is. It, that sucks, man. So Marcus Washington, Joshua Fleeks, Billy Kemp, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda are going to be the four upperclassmen, along with like John Bullock, and and these are the guys with the scholarships, I should say. But then Garrett McGuire was also asked, all right, who are a couple guys that have stood out? And he, the two names that he did list were Jalen Lloyd and Jaden Doss. Mm-hmm. Um, and we heard Matt Rule even say that uh, those two, along with Malachi Coleman, are going to be some some of the guys that you know come out, might carve a spot to just get some reps in this fall. And you have the four game redshirt opportunity where you can play for up to four games and and preserve your redshirt but heck Nebraska might be in a spot here with wide receivers where they they need their freshmen to to play more than four and and not worry about the redshirt right Marcus Satterfield was asked about you know the 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 steepness of the learning curve in terms of incoming freshmen learning this offense Um, and then later on was asked about who of the freshman receivers was tackling the learning curve the best and this is what he had to say about that uh, we're pleased with all of them because you know they're freshmen. First of all, this is a whole new ball game. Like, they think that they're, they've been playing football for the last couple of years, and then they get here and they're like it's a total different animal. So they're all, you know, we're very pleased with all of them. But you know, you look at like Jalen Lloyd and Doss; those guys have, have made some plays and uh, been able to go out there and function, and you know, from a physical standpoint and an athletic standpoint, make some plays and own their own. Mentioning Jalen Lloyd and Jane Doss specifically by name, and you know he he wants to give credit to all the receivers, but those are the only two he really mentioned by name. And then he was asked about Jaden Doss um, later on in the interview, and it was like six seconds. He just said how impressive he's been from a physicality and from a, a learning the offense standpoint. So. As, as we've said before, in terms of the wide receiver room specifically, you're going to have a couple freshmen who step up and who have to play because of the, the lack of experience in that receiver room. But Jalen Lloyd, Jaden Doss, it seems as if are the two that are taking the, the biggest steps forward in terms of gar- garnering playing time uh, for this first season under Matt Rule. Now, one other thing, I mean, if we want to dive a little deeper into this into this conversation and see – all right, how could this maybe look on on Saturdays here in the fall? And really, it, it goes back to kind of a conversation that we've had m- over the course of multiple seasons. Um, Nebraska's wide receiver room over the last like you know couple years, they've had a guy, whether that was Samari Toure, whether that was uh, Trey Palmer, who shout out to him for for catching a touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield in the in the Buccaneers preseason game, um, or or now this year, what I think Husker fans kind of hope slash expect to be Billy Kemp, they're much thinner from from top to bottom, uh, not only in experience, but also just sheer numbers. There's no Sean Hardy in here. There's no um, Victor Victor Jones Jr.'s. Like, not that those guys played a huge role on Saturdays, if any role, but they were in the room providing that depth that kind of Marcus Satterfield discussed just a few moments ago, mm-hmm. um, they bring in six true freshmen on, you know, in their in their recruiting class. They have six already committed this season in the 2024 recruiting class. 
Um, so, I mean, they're, they're going to boost this uh, this wide receiver room that in two, three, four years, we're not going to be sitting here going, man, they're not, they just don't have numbers at that position. But here in year one for Matt Rule, they don't. They don't really have that number in either, you know, quality depth or experience. Now, you could, as the season goes on, you could realize that they do have a lot of depth depending on how these guys show out. But yeah, you're right. In terms of experience, there isn't a lot right there, especially with the departure of Xavier Betts. Now you have, I think it's four or five guys who are on your roster at wide receiver who have caught a pass in college. And what is it, two that have done it at Nebraska? So when you look at this room, you are a little bit concerned in terms of that. But when you look at the talent and and the athleticism in the room, again, you just have to turn on these guys' high school tape and you see how talented these guys were, how athletic, how amazing they the were at wide receiver. A lot of potential yeah. going on in the wide receiver room, but you don't win games off of potential. You've got to actually do it on the field. So you're going to see these freshmen play, whether it be those four games and, and then they sit out or they play a bigger role and, and you see a lot of freshmen on the field making steady contributions to this offense. You're going to see a lot of these guys get on the field at some point, whether that's on the offensive end or in special teams. And, um, hopefully they're able to show out and and by midseason you can say the six freshmen or, or just the wide receiver room in general has a decent amount of depth regardless of the, the lack of experience. So once again, 402-464-5685, you guys can let us know your thoughts on this on this discussion. I, I think, I mean, one way to kind of spin this and do how it can be positive for Nebraska, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of funnel into that same conversation that we, we usually have um, or, or same same idea where it's Nebraska's got to establish a run game. They got to figure out a way to be effective on offense without just trying to chuck the ball down the field to Trey Palmer, right? That worked at times last year, but it didn't it won you four games and Nebraska's running game last year although it was good from Anthony Grant at the start, it it, it didn't stay consistent in that way and in that in that form of production. So, when you look at now this this season for Nebraska, in order to take, I don't even know if you want to take pressure off the wide receivers, but in order to take pressure off of Jeff Sims, I think that's a big thing. Um, to get a quarterback that's going to be in a new spot, even though uh, he is experienced at the quarterback position in at this level, a new a quarterback in a new spot um, in, in Jeff Sims, figure out a way to establish a, a consistent running game with Anthony Grant. That's fine if you want to go committee-wise, but figure out a way to where it works and is productive for Anthony Grant, for Ramir Johnson, for Gabe Irvin, and maybe even a little Emmett Johnson in there sprinkled in just you know in, in certain situations. But then also part of it is figure out a way to, maybe this is just a traditional play-action game, figure out a way to incorporate tight ends. You got to figure out a way that if Thomas Fedoni is healthy this year, you you try to use him and see if he can answer the call. Same with um if Arik Gilbert can get his a, a, a Janier and Bonner. But then also as Rico just said, Borkature, that's the one I was yeah, missing the Nate most. Borkature. The uh, most experienced tight end on the roster. Exactly. Uh that's the one I forgot about or, or was spaced on the name. Speaking of Arik Gilbert as Rico just brought up, Matt Rule had some really, really choice words yeah. about it. And I don't know if we, we don't probably have the audio pulled uh, up, and that's okay. Because we weren't planning to talk about this. I have the quote here. Oh, I have it. I have it. Go ahead. Send, right, send, right, it, right. send it away, Rico. Here's Matt Rule on Rick Gilbert. I'm just going to be really disappointed if he doesn't get it. There's no, it's, it's the most deserving young man of that. If, they, if he doesn't get it, they shouldn't even have the waiver. The NCAA should not even have the waiver if he doesn't get it. Uh, but there's a lot of parties involved, and there's a lot of entities out there that um, – 
don't always have people's best interest at heart. But, it, you know, Arik deserves 100%, in my opinion, my humble opinion. You know, the great thing about me now, I've been through so much, I don't care, you know, <laughs> I'll say what I think. He absolutely, if, they, if he doesn't get it, no one, they should not have this waiver. Now, am I pushback on rule a little bit here? Okay. I don't know if the waiver has takes into account how good of a person you are. Because when it takes into account that he's transferring for a second time, you get your yeah. one free transfer. Then the second time, if you're looking at what the NCAA has put out now with two-time transfers, it's like a family issue and then there's something else there. I don't know if Reed Gilbert has family in Nebraska. I could be yeah. wrong. But in terms of getting that second transfer approved... I don't know what all is going into that or what Ari Gilbert has, has petitioned the NCAA, what Nebraska has petitioned with the NCAA to get that approved. But I don't know if they're just going to take into account how good of a person you are. He could be a great person. He could have all of his schooling, everything in order. Yeah. He's not a grad transfer. That, He's not any of those things that get you another free transfer. So I, I hope he gets it approved. I really do. But I don't know if just – you know, being one of the most deserving guys to get yeah. it is really cause for, you know, being upset that well, he doesn't. And, he and, doesn't. and maybe that's what Matt Rule was kind of alluding to is that as a deserving guy, right, he's a, he's all-encompassing, a good person, and he's got his, his academic and athletic uh, stuff straightened out and figured out, right, and down to a routine. I, we don't know what that means. I will say... I did appreciate the way Matt Rule came out and fired. Oh yeah, right. Because number one, I mean that's something that guys that the guys will see, like a Reed Gilbert might might see. But number two, um, he's got a good point. Like the the NCAA, as you just mentioned, Rico has no method to the madness of how they accept or approve or deny waiver and waiver requests, right? And I, I, I'm not a proponent for across the board needs to. Needs to be anybody can transfer as many times as they want to. I'm not. I'm not a proponent of that, um, and that's not necessarily where this discussion is heading. But it's also one of those things where, with the ones that have sick family or have family stuff going on, in and we saw in Virginia last year, I, I believe at Virginia Tech or no, with Illinois and Luke Ford. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Luke Ford at Illinois after he transferred from a school in Virginia. Uh, then we also have seen it now in, in a couple instances where there's just no method to how the NCAA decides. There's I'm no pretty sure there was. I'm pretty sure there was one that transferred to Virginia Tech. It was a few years ago. It was from Coastal Carolina or something like that. It was somewhere he was transferring mm-hmm. from one East Coast school to another one because it was closer to family because his mother was sick or something yeah. along those lines, and the NCAA denied his request to play right away. And he, he was transferring because he's like, look, you know, one of my family members is sick. Don't know how long. I want them to watch me play. They can't really travel. And... That the NCAA was like, no. Not so the NCAA doesn't know what they're approving these for. They don't know who gets a waiver and who doesn't get a waiver. It almost seems like they throw darts at a wall and just decide. I mean, Justin Fields got hit before the free transfer rule. He's transferring from Georgia to Ohio State. And they're like, yeah, sure, play right away. And it was like, why? What? What? What is the reason for yeah. this? So the NCAA doesn't know. Um, it's just a hodgepodge, a big mess for them. So, I, again, I hope Arik Gilbert gets the, the waiver um, – Approved and he'll be able to play right away for Nebraska, but I, I don't know what what leg they're standing on for that. Nonetheless, uh, Nebraska once again just kind of uh, Xavier Betts moves on from Nebraska, decided that his heart wasn't in it, uh, and, and leaves Nebraska for the second time in 
uh, less than a year for that matter, and is no longer on the team. Uh, that leaves scholarship-wise Marcus Washington, Josh Fleeks, Billy Kemp, and IGC, Isaiah garcia Castaneda as the four upperclassmen on scholarship. And then you have the, the six true freshmen on scholarship Excuse me, of Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, Jalen Lloyd, Bryce Turner, Jeremiah Charles, who is banged up, Matt Rule set on Saturday, and then Demetrius Bell as well. Um, so, I mean, we'll figure it out. I, Nebraska will find out if, frankly, on August 31st, I guess, of how committed these guys are to to running the ball, establishing a ground game, and, and I hope for Nebraska and Husker fans' sake that there's a longer leash on the running game than there has been in years past. And so uh, Nebraska has some guys in the running back room that, are, that have the ability to do it. They've had it. They've had guys for multiple years, whether that was a Diedrich Mills, who we saw what he can do if, if, if given the rock a plethora of times uh, against Rutgers in the season finale that in 2021. That was so Or weird. I should say 2020, because it would have been COVID year, because they would have had a chance to go to a bowl game, and they chose not to. Um, and so that was Diedrich Mills in that season. You know, Divino Zigbo obviously was in this room back in 2018. Uh, but Greg Bell won the starting job, then transferred out, and Divino Zigbo rushes for over a thousand yards after what three games? Yeah, An- Anthony Grant uh, played played a role last year. Gabe Irvin won the starting job in 2021. I mean, you just look up and down this running back room, and over the last you know six seven years, and it's just kind of been like a hodgepodge of multiple guys that just maybe haven't been given a long enough leash to to do what they need to do. But they've had the talent, we'll they've showcased it, and even then, things and then just obviously, didn't work. obviously, AJ Allen transfers out yeah. and goes to uh, Miami, which that that feels like a sneaky one. Like Nebraska fans, they hate to admit it, um, but you kind of keep eyes on former Huskers. Oh yeah, right. And at, similar to the way that Nebraska fans kept eyes on Wandale at Kentucky and kept eyes on, I mean, even if you don't want to admit it, there's folks that probably keep eyes on Luke McCaffrey at Rice, right? And just want to know, all right, how many did he should did he did he catch a touchdown this how, week? Because he's good a is he wide receiver. Doing? He's a wide receiver now. Look, Luke McCaffrey's wide receiver stats are actually really good. And so I have a feeling that, and, and understandably so, that a lot of Husker fans might be keeping tabs on AJ Allen down at Miami if if there's playing time for the the sophomore and maybe the three defensive backs up at Syracuse. Yeah, Miles Farmer following uh, Travis Fisher up to Syracuse. Miles Farmer, Jaleel Martin, and Jaden Gould. Jaden Gould, all joining Travis Fisher up at Syracuse. There you go. Just kind of a crazy, crazy time. Pretty nice defensive but backfield up there for the Orange. It's Nebraska's. <laughs> it's Nebraska's defensive back. Uh, all right, so once again, uh, Xavier Betts departs from the team, and and uh, Nebraska searching for, for depth, according to Marcus Satterfield, uh, in that wide receiver room, and, and we understand why. So 402-464-5685, Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. The Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951 are all available for you guys to interact with the show. You can always follow us on Twitter, Nick underscore Sainer, at Radio Rico AC. Make sure you also follow the station on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff, uh, especially as Husker football comes. We got an update on our moving date yep. for the new station, September 15th. Don't worry. The first home game is September 16th. We'll be in so just in time. So we are going to be in there just on the by the air of our chinny chin chins. In there like swimwear. Let's get it. There you go. Shout out to the sea or shout out to the uh, the 
Swimming pool. What are you doing? That's that. That's what I was going for. Shout out to Sybil. All right. Let's go ahead and take our final time out. We bring in Stricky and Austin for the crossover coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.